Welcome to Hornet Heaven, Andy. Now, the first thing I like to ask new arrivals is, did you ever sing along to the chant, we'll support you evermore? Yeah, Bill, definitely. I'll remember that one. Well, now that you're in the Watford afterlife for the rest of eternity, you can keep your promise. <laughs> nice. And another great thing, Andy, is that you can go back to watch old Watford games as well as new ones. Really? Sounds like the best YouTube rabbit hole ever. Oh, it's much better than YouTube, because you can go to games that were never filmed. There's no footage of our 7-1 win over Southampton anywhere down on Earth, but up here, you can go as often as you like. Wow, this is going to be amazing. Hornet Heaven really is a wonderful place. And it's going to be useful too, Bill. It will help clear up a few things. Will it? How do you mean? Things I'm not sure I've remembered properly. Oh, yes, absolutely. Watford fans often arrive here with different memories of the same event. <laughs> like thinking their first ever game took place in brilliant sunshine when everyone else remembers it was absolutely chucking it down. Ha! <laughs> Sounds like I'd better go back and check mine. Oh, yes. Hornet Heaven provides people with the absolute truth about events. In which case, Bill, I know which game I want to go back to first. Excellent. Which one's that? Home to Southport in 1978. To see what really did happen. That's an unusual choice. Wasn't that the last game of the season long after we were already Division 4 champions? What did you want to see? Albert McLennigan's throw-in. Hornet Heaven The Truth Written by Ollie Wickham Read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2023-24 In August 2023 in the Troy Deeney Atrium Andy Nutsford, a recently deceased Watford fan in his mid-sixties, has just finished his orientation session with Hornet Heaven's head of programmes, Bill Mainwood. As the two of them head over to the programme shelves to fetch programmes that will take them to the home game against Southport in 1978, Andy says, I can't wait to see Albert's throwing again, Bill. It's the stuff of Watford legend. But I can't remember exactly what happened, even though I was there. Some people say he leaned so far back that he fell on his arse, and other people say he never let go of the ball as he went to throw it and fell flat on his face. When they arrive at the shelves, they see a Watford fan who Bill remembers as the same surname as Andy. Bill wonders if they're related, brothers perhaps, or father and son. Bill smiles to himself. Over the years in Hornet Heaven, he's seen a lot of wonderfully happy reunions of family members who haven't seen each other for years. He says to the man, who's also in his 60s, Hello, Trevor. How's tricks? Good, thanks, Bill. What have we got here? Another new arrival? Yes, and I'm wondering if you know each other. Bill steps back to watch what he hopes will be a lovely moment. This is Andy. Andy, do you recognise Trevor? You're both Nutsfords, you see. Andy stares at Bill. 
What's he doing here? Oh, you do know, Trevor. I know that he gave up on Watford. Like he gave up on Mum and me. What? You're my son, Andy. See, Bill, he doesn't recognise me. That's because he walked out of my life 50 years ago. Hasn't seen me since. Hasn't even spoken to me. Hold on, I did walk out, son. But come on, Bill, let's get to the game. This man stopped being my dad when I was a kid. He's dead to me. Except we're all in the afterlife now, so... Come on, Bill. I'm far more interested in Albert McLennigan's throwing than a selfish old man who abandoned his son. Bill glances awkwardly at Trevor and follows Andy. Sorry, Trevor. I'll catch up with you later. Andy shouts. Don't talk to him, Bill. He shouldn't even be here. Watford Football Club's mine, not his. I never stop supporting Watford. Andy Nutsford doesn't know what signals he must have picked up back in 1965 when he was eight, but as a boy, he was sure his dad was going to walk out on the family. So he took action. At first, Andy pretended he couldn't ride his bike without stabilizers, so dad had to spend hours teaching him. Then Andy tried the same trick with swimming, but this time dad hired an instructor. Next, he started doing badly at maths, so dad would have to help with homework. Then he punched a boy at Cubs, so Dad would need to give him a talking to. Soon, though, he came up with a better idea. Other boys at his primary school used to get taken by their dads to watch the football at Watford, which meant sons and fathers got to spend time together and always had something to talk about. So Andy decided to become interested in football and got his dad to take him to Watford. It was the opposite of what normally happens in families. Usually, kids start supporting a football club because their dad does, but in this case, eight-year-old Andy initiated it. He hoped that supporting Watford would be the glue that kept them together. But the glue wasn't strong enough. Andy Nutsford and Bill Main would go through the ancient turnstiles and arrive at the Southport game. They go and stand on the terrace in front of the old Shrodell stand. Wow, Vicarage Road as it was in 1978. And there he is, Albert McLennigan. Yes, the lesser spotted Irishman. His first team career lasted two Saturdays. He definitely looks the part for a legendary comedy moment. Check out those pasty white thighs and that mop of curly black hair. He looks like an Irish Marx brother. Hang on, we've got a throw in already. Albert's taking it. Is this the moment? No, it comes later. Oh, OK. This is just a taster then. Ha! Look how far he's leaning back, putting everything into the throw. Yes, if he'd done a run-up, it would have given him momentum. That was the problem, I think. He couldn't run and throw at the same time. I'm not surprised. He wasn't very good at running and kicking at the same time either. Andy and Bill watched the game for a while with Watford already confirmed as champions and Southport confirmed as needing to apply for re-election, there's a definite end-of-term feel. Bill says, Did you know this match involved several final appearances in the Football League? Not just Albert, but Dennis Bond too. And the referee, Mr Crabbe from Exeter, 
and Southport. They weren't re-elected. They were replaced by Wigan. You're not really making it any more interesting, Bill. I'm only here for the throwing. Eventually, the ball goes out of play and Bill says, Right, here we are. This is the famous throw. Brilliant. I can't wait to see what actually happened. Does he end up on his face or his arse? And he watches and discovers the truth. Albert gets the ball and decides the throw is going to be a long one. He goes and stands on the touchline. He positions his feet six inches apart. Then he bends his knees and leans as far back as he can, with a tautness that makes Andy think of a catapult. Then Albert lets fly, except something goes wrong. His hands lose their grip. The ball drops behind him and somehow, Albert McLennigan throws himself onto the pitch instead. <laughs> Andy and Bill return to the atrium. That was hilarious, Bill. It's amazing how memory works, or doesn't. It's like our brains overwrite what happened with different versions, like a computer hard drive does. Oh, that man's still hanging around. Trevor is waiting for them. He steps forward and says, Andy, I'd like for us to make up, son. Your mother found it within her to forgive me, so maybe you can too. Andy says to Bill, for information, Bill, my mother died lonely and heartbroken. So did I, Andy. Ha! It sounds like this man got what he deserved, Bill. Listen, Andy, please. I wasn't a good enough dad to you. I know that. But tell him there are no buts, Bill. But there's things you don't know, son. Andy grabs Bill's sleeve and says, He's right, Bill. I don't know how Brian Owen's shot ended up in the net against Tranmere Rovers in 1969. That's another hazy memory I want to clear up. I'm going to ignore this man the way he ignored me. Come on. Andy and Bill arrive at Vicarage Road on a windy Tuesday night in 1969. They make their way to the main stand paddock. Blimey. Bill watches Andy wistfully taking the scene and says, New arrivals in Hornet Heaven can often find the nostalgia rather overwhelming. Yeah, I was 12 in 1969. I got Dad to bring me, even though I had school the next day. Brian Owen's goal made me feel there was something special we shared. For months afterwards, I'd be like, Dad, do you remember Brian Owen's goal against Tranmere? And he'd be like, you mean the one that hit the Watford Observer clock and bounced down and in. It became a sort of running joke between us that that's what actually happened. So, you've got some happy memories from that time? Maybe, but when he walked out on Mum and me, it put a whole different slant on things. Soon, Bill moves the conversation on. So, 
What are you expecting to see when Brian Owen scores? I don't know. I'm pretty sure the ball didn't hit the roof of the stand on its way into the net, but I can't picture how it ended up there. Well, in the 28th minute, you'll get an action replay. 54 years later. The game starts and they watch Tranmere take an early lead. Then Tom Wally equalises for Watford. Just before the half hour, Stuart Scullion goes on a jinking run down the far wing and passes the ball to Brian Owen outside the penalty area at the rookery end. Owen shoots and the ball deflects off a defender high into the night sky. Bill says, I love watching the goalkeeper here. It's hilarious. The Tranmere goalkeeper sees that the ball is ballooning over the bar and sets off to go and fetch it from behind the goal. But once he's past the post and off the pitch, he realises that the strong wind has held the ball up and it's dropping into the goal mouth. Frantically, he rushes back around the post to try and stop the ball from going into the net. Andy says, So, it was the wind with the assist, not the rookery roof. The goalkeeper scrambles back towards the ball. It bounces, hits him, hits the post and goes in. <laughs> When he stops laughing, Andy remembers that on the day the goal happened, he was watching from a different angle. He says, I was standing on the bend on the other side of the ground in 1969. If we went over there, would I be able to see myself in the crowd? Absolutely. Shall we go? Seeing one's younger self always stirs more memories, more personal ones. They walk around the pitch to the shale banking in the southwest corner. When they get there, they see 12-year-old Andy standing with Trevor, his dad. Bill turns to watch how the adult Andy in Hornet Heaven reacts and sees him standing motionless in silence. There isn't the coldness in Andy's eyes that there was in the atrium. There's a sadness, a longing. They hear young Andy say, This is great, Dad. If we hold on to this lead, We'll go top of the table again. Can we keep coming to the football together forever? The younger version of Trevor replies, Of course, son. Of course. Adult Andy's eyes moisten for a moment. Then they turn cold again. He says, The man lied. Andy and Bill arrive back on Occupation Road. Andy hands his programme to Bill and says, Take this back to the shelves for me, please, Bill. There's someone I need to avoid. But surely you can both find a way to... No, Bill. He did what he did. And nothing can change that. That's true, but... Thanks for taking me to the games. I'll see you around. But won't you... Whatever it is, no, I won't. Bill watches Andy walk off down the slope and wishes he knew... How to Reconcile Father and Son. Bill takes the programmes back to the atrium and sees Trevor waiting. Trevor says, Is Andy not with you? No, he's... Uh, it, it's... Um, it, well, at least you've got plenty of time to sort things out together now you're both in Hornet Heaven. But I don't want it to take forever. 
Surely if I can just tell him my side of the story, to explain why you did what you did. Yes, but there's more to it than that. From what Andy said earlier, it's obvious we've got different versions of events in our heads. This interests Bill, given the trips he's just made to watch Albert McLennigan's throwing and Brian Owen's Big Dipper. He sits down with Trevor on one of the yellow sofas and says, Well, I might have a way of helping you with that. Don't tell me. It's going to be one of your magical history tours, as usual, isn't it? Don't knock them, Trevor. They have a remarkable track record of solving problems. So, may I ask, did any of the disputed events happen at a Watford match? Well, as a matter of fact, yes. Good, that's promising. Now why don't you tell me the whole story of what happened? The next day, Bill goes looking for Andy. He goes to the gallery restaurant inside the stadium, where people are celebrating Watford's 4-0 win over Queen's Park Rangers in the opening game of the season. Andy is in Henry Grover's booth as a guest of the father of the club. Henry sees Bill and shouts, Come and join the fun, Bill, old poodle. We've been cracking jokes about just how bad QPR were today. Actually, Henry, I've come to borrow Andy, if I may. I want to show him something at an old game against QPR, as it happens, in 1971-72. Ah, were the hapless hoops laughable that day too? <laughs> Bill says to Andy, Would you like to join me, Andy? It's another of those games where we can clear up exactly what happened. Are you free to come along now? Well, this is a bit of a moo killer, Bill. Bill has brought Andy to the home game against QPR on Good Friday, 1972. The Watford fans in the stadium are silent, in despair. The next day, on Easter Sunday, the Hornets will be relegated from Division 2 with eight games still left to play. Andy says, What are we here to see, Bill? You were 15 for this game, I think, Andy. Were you still coming with your dad? No, he walked out on us when I was 14. The Easter before. I see, then, um, you'll be surprised to see this. Bill takes Andy to the bend again. They see the 15-year-old version of Andy. He's arguing with his dad. I don't want to stand with you. Please, son. I... I'm going to go and stand in the rookery with me mates. But I wanted to spend some time. I never want to watch Watford with you again. Bill and adult Andy watch teenage Andy storm off into the rookery. Andy says, that's not how I remember things. Over the next few hours, Bill takes Andy to a series of games from the end of the 1971-72 season through to the 1974-75 season. At each match, they see that Andy's dad is in the crowd, not far from teenage Andy. Andy can't believe it. He says, he was at the games. All along. I thought he gave up on Watford. Didn't you know he still came to the games? He did it because he was hoping that you and he Why could... didn't he tell me he was still coming? He says he did. 
As part of the tour, Bill and Andy go and stand in the rookery at a home game against Preston in August 1974. Under the rookery roof, adult Andy watches his teenage self standing with his oldest mate from school. He overhears their conversation. Hey, Andy, isn't that your dad over there? No. I'm sure it is. He's not my dad. Adult Andy turns to Bill and says, I've remembered it all wrong. How? Why? Bill says gently, We all do it, Andy. We create a narrative in our heads and we forget the bits that don't fit with it. We remember things the way it suits us to remember. So he wasn't as bad as I've been telling myself he is. I made it up. He wanted to carry on being a father to you. Andy watches the rest of the match in silence, trying to come to terms with what he's realised. At the final whistle he says, Well, at least some of my memories are accurate, Bill. Stuart Scullion was just as brilliant against Preston as I remembered. Even the great Bobby Charlton couldn't get close to him. That's definitely so. As I said at your orientation session, Andy, Hornet Heaven provides people with the absolute truth about events. Now, that's the end of the little tour I've brought you on. What would you like to do next? Andy takes a deep breath and says, I want to go and see my dad. I've got 50 years of wrong to put right. Back on Occupation Road, Andy thanks Bill and walks slowly into the Troy Deeney atrium. This feels like the hardest thing he's ever had to do. He doesn't know how to begin. He's tense. He feels as tightly coiled as Albert McLennigan taking the legendary throw-in. He hopes this doesn't go as badly. Now he sees his father, Trevor, by the sofas. The father he hated, unjustly. He sees Trevor look up. Trevor holds out a hand, in the manner of a father encouraging a child who's been left behind. There's a small, hopeful smile on Trevor's face. Andy walks towards Trevor. He doesn't know what he can say to make good all the years that were lost, but he wants everything to be well between them. The way it could always have been if they'd got things right. He's ready to forgive his father now. But does he deserve forgiveness himself? He sees Trevor holding out both hands towards him. He remembers this sight. It's what Dad used to do when Watford scored, when Andy was a child, and Andy would leap into Dad's arms. He remembers the feeling too. He always wanted it to last forever. And now he can't stop himself from doing it again. He runs into Trevor's embrace. It feels like it felt at the final whistle against Plymouth in 1969, when Watford finally won promotion to Division Two. It's a moment of joy, and love, that he'd forgotten. A week later, Andy and Trevor Nutsford watched the second match of the new season together, 
the home draw with Plymouth. When the final whistle blows, Andy says, For a nil-nil, Dad, that was a cracker. Great stuff, son. I'll tell you, Yasser Esprit is going to be some player. Better than anyone we saw in the 1960s when we watched together. Even better than your favourite, Stuart Scullion. Scully, I loved Scully. Do you remember the time he dribbled past five players, had his shot saved by the keeper, won the ball back, dribbled past five players again and scored? Even the keeper applauded. The way I remember it, the keeper ran after him to shake his hand. <laughs> right. Well, I know which game we're going to next then, to find out the truth. Lovely. Stockport at home in 1967, that was. Andy and Trevor head for the ancient turnstiles on their way back to the main part of Hornet Heaven. Andy says, It's so good to be watching Watford with you again, Dad. I'm sorry. I don't apologise, son. We both got things wrong. But we've worked it all out. Let's not look back. Yeah, good thinking. We've got an eternity to look forward to. Although, I would like to know whether I'm right that the five players Scully beat the second time were exactly the same ones he beat the first time. <laughs> Let's go and find out. The End The Truth was written and produced by Ollie Wickham. It was read by Colin Mace. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com. Thank you for listening.